I don't know why God had me, didn't know at the time, I didn't know, but before I get started, he did show me some scriptures last night, and he said, just go back into Luke, and I, I started when I was doing my message, and you know, he took me back to this, this scripture for some reason, brought it to my mind, and it was in Luke 16, 19, it says, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple, fine linen, and fared sumptuously, fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by, carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And this he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that, that he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us, you or the, you there is a great gulf. Between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from from here to to you cannot, nor can those who are there pass to us. Then he said, "I beg you, therefore, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have my five brothers, and I want that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment." And Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to them, If, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded to one, one rise from the dead. And, and when I, I got, I turned back to there and I just started, I read that and, and started studying it just a little bit and and things came to, to, that you can observe through there, is that, first off, don't matter how good you live, on this side, rich or poor, great, however you see it, you know, the truth is, is that one day, 100% sure, if Jesus don't come back, we're all going to have to face it. We're all going to face death. We're all going to die the same way. We're all going to see death. Death is in, inevitable. And one, the, the rich man, or we can say the rich man, but he became a beggar too, didn't he? He became a beggar. When you get down into to naked and ashes to ashes and death, earth to earth, and we confront, confront God and face to face with the Lord, Things become, you become humble. God get a hold of you. His soul went to hell. He was buried and he went to hell. And he was tormented, said. And he, he, he could see and he, he, he could still see. He could still, he could still distinguish people. He could see and he could tell that there was other people there. But he said he was tormented. Hell is a real place. And we don't talk about it that much. And I don't know even why I be, 
begin to start studying these words other than the fact that maybe it was in one of the classes or maybe it was Wednesday night and it stirred me or, or whatever. But, but I began to, to search these scriptures out. The hell is a real place. And he still had all of his senses. He still had taste. He still wanted to satisfy his tongue. He could see. He could hear. He had all of his worldly senses. His soul went to hell. He still had everything that he had here on earth. He still, still, but it meant nothing. And then Lazarus was a beggar, and he, 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 he was poor on this side of the earth. But when it came to, to, to dying, and when it came to the other side, what difference did it make? It didn't mean anything. It was, I mean, he didn't take anything with him that he had on this side. There's temporal things that we just ain't going to take with us. His soul and his spirit were carried by angels, it said. It didn't say the other guy was carried by any angels. It just said he was buried. But, but Lazarus, it said his, he was carried by angels. See, he had a spirit in him. He had a, a live spirit in him. And he was with Abraham and he was redeemed. And he found comfort where he was. And he had all of his faculties too. My message is coming out of John. And we're very familiar with it. Most everybody here is saved. I know not. And I don't even sometimes wonder, you know, as often it is the case. I mean, you know, Tony, we're preaching to the choir, ain't we? You know, and I believe that probably if we took a roll call, we would know that everybody was saved in here. We would find out that. But there's somebody listening. There's somebody needs to hear about Jesus today. Yes, amen. You know what? We can't get enough of this man, Jesus. Amen. In John 3, it says that there was a man. Back to there was a man. You see, I don't think that that, 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 that scripture, when they're talking about Lazarus and, and the rich man, I don't think that neither, either, this is not a parable that we were talking about there. That was true. That's something that happened that Jesus could see and Jesus knew happened. And he was just sharing with people, his people, about hell. And you don't want to be there. But there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can, come, can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? And can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He said, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? How can this be? 
Most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came from the heaven, and that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That, that, that moreover, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And in 17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God desires to see the world saved. Salvation is a real thing, you know? I mean, it's something that we need, and we talked about it the other day, uh, about sozo. We learned about sozo and how it means salvation and how it means healing and delivering and, and, and resurrected life. But here it's talking about being saved and eternal destiny. And we need that. We need to know that. We need, well, I remember when I first came back to the Lord. And I'd been coming to church for a while. And, man, I was so glad to be back. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, man, I mean, I was, I mean, the world was lifted off my shoulders. I'm, I mean, everything I tried didn't work. And. And it was just a relief to be back in the presence of God and, and serving him. But there was a certain part of me that I don't think I understood, blessed assurance. And then when I got a hold of that, grace, that blows all fear away, that song sings. I tell you, that was freedom. That was peace. And then I tell you, I could live then. I could walk. And I could... Go to sleep at night and feel good. But I needed to know that peace that was inside of me. I need to have that. And he says that, that, the, man came to, that the man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. And you know one can do these signs that do unless God is with them. Listen, when he came to Jesus, Nicodemus was a bright man. He was a smart man. I mean, he didn't have a New Testament to, to understand, but he had an Old Testament that he understood thoroughly. He, got, he knew it back and forth. He was a brilliant man of the Word. He had the Word up here. He had the knowledge of the Scripture. He was seeking a Messiah. They were all seeking a Messiah. They wanted, they wanted to, to know this Messiah. And he knew that Jesus was doing the work that he was doing. It's said in, in John, the last verse in the book of John. It's the last scripture. It said that the works that Jesus did, that, that couldn't even be recorded. All of the things he did. And these men of God, these, these religious men of God, they, they were seeing Jesus do the miraculous supernatural things that, that, that nobody had seen before. And they were witnessing these things. 
It says in verse 23 in chapter 2, it says, Now when, the, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, and when they saw the signs which he did, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and, and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Jesus knows what was in us. He knows what's inside of us. And right now what's inside of Nicodemus is probably not really good. Yet there's something stirring inside of him that he's seeing, he's seeing something in Jesus. He's seeing something in this Jesus that the man he just needs to know a little bit more about. Something to the point what I see is that, that he came to him in darkness. He came to him at nighttime. He came to him in one of his darkest hours. He came to Jesus and he was looking, he was searching him out. I don't know about you, but I've been there before. I've been in, in a place where it was pretty dark. And it was like there was no hope. And it was like, man, I've heard it all. I've, I've been in church. I grew up in church. I, I was in church when I was a kid. And I, I come up in the pews and I got the knowledge. But I still needed a Savior. And oftentimes we, we, we talked about that Wednesday night about how people can be in church all their life. All their life. And they can hear the word all their life. And you know what? Their daddies can be preachers. And their granddaddies can be preachers. But they still have to make a decision. They still have to seek Jesus out. They still have to come face to face with him and, and, and start being confronted by the light. Man, something is stirring in this man. Something is happening inside of him. Something is rolling. And, 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 and why, why is it happening to him? God has appointed time for each one of us. We don't want to miss that time. And it's something stirring so great that's causing him to seek Jesus in the night. Why the night? It says, all the commentary says, maybe he was fearful. Maybe he was scared. Maybe it was curiosity. Hey, whatever it was, it wasn't enough to keep him from going to Jesus. Whatever it was. Maybe it was his, his coolness. Maybe it was his being judged by his fellow man. But it was whatever it was, by this time, he didn't care no more. He just wanted to get to Jesus and find out more about this guy that he had seen, that he had heard about. It was worth the risk. It was worth everything. You know, I know when I fell to my knees, man, I tell you what, it was worth everything I had. It was worth it. I couldn't wait to get, I couldn't wait to get home. And just say, Lord, I surrender. I give up. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of seeking. And it was the midnight hour, baby. It was the midnight hour. It was the darkest part of the night when I fell to my knees. But Jesus was there. He says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus was right there in that dark time. It was worth risking everything, man. It was worth giving up everything. Everything I thought I had, I didn't care no more. I just know I didn't want to live another day like that. 
not knowing what was going on. What if? What if? I don't, I don't want to be that certain man. I would rather be Lazarus, man. And I'll tell you, when you come and you confront Jesus like that, when you make a decision that you're willing to do anything, it's not always pretty. Because then that light is shining. It'll show you some stuff and it'll get ugly. And it was ugly for me that night. I'm going to tell you something. It was ugly. And I look back. I didn't know what a demon was, man. Didn't know what a demon was. But I look back and demons come out of me that night. My God, if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. I can look back and I can see it got ugly. Jesus shined on me and that light on me and it began. It, it just started coming out of me. There's some, that same Jesus that, that was confronting and stirring that inside a, a Nicodemus that day is the same Jesus that's in here today. Amen. Amen. He's stirring in here. He's stirring on Facebook. He's stirring all throughout wherever you are and you hear this message. That's the same Jesus. Yeah. See, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. We believe that, don't we? We still believe that. We still believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can come in here and we can worship. We can come in here and we can praise him. We can come in here and, and, and he says he inhabits the praises of his people. When we are stirring in here, the Holy Spirit, he says, stir up the gifts inside of you, praying in the Holy Spirit. And we begin to move in the spirit and the spirit begins to move in us. God is here. Jesus is here. And if you need a healing today, he's here. If you need to be set free, he's here. But if you need salvation today, he's here. Because he says you must be born again. We've seen miracles that he's done. I could probably go around this room. We, you testified in there in the pastor's office today. Brother Don, about your brother, miracle. You testified yesterday or the day before, whatever day it was, brother, about your son, miraculously. That's a God that we serve. He's a good, good God. He does. He does love us. We can go person to person and see the miraculous things and talk about how, how many things God has done and what he's done in Jesus' name. But, but listen to me. It's, miracles didn't save anybody. Those people were seeing miracles that were following Jesus around. They were seeing the miraculous they were seeing signs, and they said, it got to be from God. But they weren't saved. They were still questioning him. But guess what? Miracles won't save us. Signs and wonders are awesome. They're, they're a great thing, but they're not going to save anybody. Whatever he could do, he still can do. Whatever he would do, he still will do. I'm telling you what, the same God, yesterday, today, and forever.
People can have the most powerful experience. People can have a, a deliverance. People can see demons come out of them. We've seen it all, haven't we? Where are they? I love them. I wish they were here. I was sharing with my, with my son and, and my, my daughter-in-law, and, and they, they've been going to church. Praise God, man. I mean, their kids are got their kids in church, and I'm so happy for them, and they're not here. <laughs> I wish they were here. They're in church. I'm so happy. And we were talking about our church, and we were talking. I've told them some stories about some miraculous things that's happened here. And yet people, they have experiences and then you don't see them for a while. But, you know, God brings them back. Praise God, man. I mean, they still will show up and God will do something else in their life, man. And it's powerful. It's a good thing. But, but these experiences don't save nobody. But then we've got to come to this place where we just come face to face with Jesus, man. We come face to face with Jesus. And any price, we come to that crossroad, no matter how much religion you've had put inside of you, no matter how much Christian education you've been put inside of you, no matter how much uh, times you've been in church, how many times you've, you, your parents made you go to church, or how many times that, that, that you just showed up and you, you keep doing what you do, but, but you just seem empty inside. You've got to come to that place where, where there's a crossroads in Jesus. Amen? There's a decision time. Nicodemus has come to that place where, where he needs to make a decision and get to know this Jesus. He says, we know that you are a teacher come from God. He knows that. But he doesn't know him intimately. He was being challenged. I believe with all my heart he's being challenged. Jesus is ministering to him in a way that, that we all need to be ministered to sometime. And he has to take a look at himself. We have to ask that question, am I okay or not? Am I where I need to be or not? Am, am I going to be in paradise, in heaven? Or am I going to be in Hades, in hell? Am I going to be wanting that drink of water? Am I going to be wanting somebody to go back and witness to my family because I don't want them to be there? We've got to get to know this Jesus. We've got to get to know this Jesus. We can recite all the Lord's prayers. We can know the 23rd Psalm. We can, we can know all the Ten Commandments, backwards and forwards, but if we don't have that experience with Jesus Christ, if we're not born again, we're in trouble. We are destined for damnation when it comes to a place where you're in total darkness, when you're in that midnight hour, when nothing else is really working, nothing else matters, nothing else is meeting the need, Nothing is making sense. See, nothing was making sense to, to, to Nicodemus, man. This whole thing of being born again didn't make sense to him. What does Jesus, what, what, what's he telling me? He's saying, he says in verse 3, he says, Oh, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, 
If I ever want you to know something, I want you to know this. Jesus is saying without any doubt, without a hesitation, more than anything, I want you to know this, that you must be born again. Unless one, unless one. He didn't say unless this group of people in this church is born again. He said unless one is born again. When we come to that point, we're going to face this thing by ourselves. We're not going to have a bunch of people standing with us. We have to confront with Jesus. This is a one-on-one time. It's a one-on-one time. And we have to make that decision. And we must be born again. Born from above, it says. Born from above. Born again. Conceived, delivered, brought forth. And if you're not, you cannot see it. You don't know it. You cannot understand it. You cannot be sure of it. The kingdom of God, the heavenly realm, the place where we want to be. We must be born again. What's that born again? And when he talk about being born again, he's talking about being of the seed of God. You see, Nicodemus is talking about going back into the womb and coming out of his mother again. But Jesus is talking about getting the seed of God put down inside of him. He said, all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It says in verse, in John, verse, let's see, where did I at? Not only it says that, but in John it says, it says, for all who, who, who are led by the Spirit, these are the ones who are given uh, uh, children of God. These are the ones who are children of God, the offspring of God, the offspring of God. We can be the seed of our Lord. We need a heavenly father. I know it's Mother's Day. I know it's Mother's Day. And believe me, I had the best mom in the world. Maybe, guys, if you ever confronted her, she probably wouldn't think so. But, boy, I'll tell you what. She'd fight for old dad here. I'll tell you that, boy. She loved her baby boy. I had a good mama. But I need a heavenly father. I never, my mom was ready to go home, man, when she went home. I, if you got a mom, love her. Spend some time with her, man. Spend all the time you can with her. I'll tell you, when my mom passed, I don't think anybody was any more ready to go home than she was. I mean, she was almost like, you know, volunteering to take me home, Jesus. I'm like, well, I'd kind of like to spend a little more time with you, mom. She was ready to go. She was ready to go. I love my mom, but I'm telling you what, I, I love my daddy. I, I, I need a heavenly father, man. And he's made a way that we can have that seed. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be a uh, 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 spirit uh, uh, born again in the Spirit from above.
I got a boss in my job. Who really I like working for him. We were talking about him a couple of days ago and and I could tell you that you know, do I think he's saved? No, I don't think he's saved. If I'm judge, I'm not, but if I was, the flesh is corrupt. We do corrupt things. We think corrupt thoughts. We we go in corrupt places. We 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 are able to do some things that really that that I if I told you my story, all of it, and didn't leave anything out, you guys would hate me. We are corrupt by nature, subject to a filthy nature. It says, subject to a filthy nature, as man, as flesh. That's what we're subject to. Subject meaning what? We're bound by it. We're bound. We're, we're subject to it. it we're, we are corrupt by nature. Subject to a filthy nature, it says. Subject to a filthy nature. As man, as flesh, that's what we're subject to. Subject meaning what? We're bound by it. We're bound. We're, we're subject to it. it. We're the subject to that filth. That's sad. That's sad. But that's who we were. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And we will seek out the Spirit. Hallelujah. We will seek out the Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. As many as received Him, to them He gave the right to be called the children of God. These, that's who I want to be. I want that seed in me. Boy, I'll tell you, I got it in me. We, we're saved. But if you're not saved, the option, the eternal damnation, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's foregone conclusion. That's where flesh is going to be. Do not marvel that I said to you that you must be born again. Jesus said that. Don't marvel at that. The wind blows when it wishes, where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. And can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. If we know one thing, as we know this scripture, as we go into John three fifteen, and he says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, I don't know about you, but for me, if I ever get sideways with my kids, if I ever get separated from my kids to the place where we're not communicating together, my grandchildren, I'm not talking to them. I said, I want somebody to go to them. I want somebody to go to them with a word. And I want them to tell them that their daddy so loves them. That so loves them. That's our dad. That's the seed that's in us. That our dad doesn't want to be separated from us. But he wants to be together with us. 
And he says, I so love you, Bill. I so love you, man. I want to be with you. I don't want to be separated from you. There's no chasm between us. There's no separation between us. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. And I'm telling you something. We're not condemned. We're not a condemnation. As long as there is a remnant of Jesus Christ in this country, and there are praying people in this country, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't even know how to finish this thing up. But I know one thing. It's time to come home. It's time that we just come on home. Jesus said, come on home. I can be funny here if you want me to. Come to daddy. Just come to daddy. Listen to me. Our father is calling us, man. He is a good, good God. And his word is true. And he is not a man that he should lie. He's not of corruptness. He is not like we were corrupt. Never was. And what he says, he can do. Still do. Will do. And his desire is for us to give our heart to him. To look Jesus in the face. To meet him in that. I don't even know how to finish this thing up. But I know one thing. It's time to come home. Yeah. It's time that we just come on home. Yeah. Jesus said, come on home. I can be funny here if you want me to. Come to daddy. <laughs> just come to daddy. Listen to me. Our Father is calling us, man. He is a good, good God. And His Word is true. And He is not a man that He should lie. He's not of corruptness. He is not like we were corrupt. Never was. And what He says, He can do. Still do. Will do. And his desire is for us to give our heart to him. To look Jesus in the face. To meet him in that dark time. Right now, somebody, somebody is being stirred by God. And you've witnessed Jesus. You've seen him from afar. You're watching from afar. You're looking in the windows from the outside. And Jesus is saying, come on in. Come on in. I know he's talking to the church whenever he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone who will come, open the door and let me in, I'll come in and sup with you. Listen, it may just be that we just need to open that door back up and let Jesus come on back in. Maybe it's time we just get reacquainted with that one, our Savior, our Lord. Because he's still on the throne. Amen. Let's stand. On up here, Pastor. God's good. Here's what's interesting.
There was a certain rich man. There was a beggar named Lazarus. You don't get a name from God until you come to him so he can name you. The world is lost. But he said, there was a certain rich man and a beggar named Lazarus. And when you look at that rich man in hell, he's still giving orders. His personality hadn't changed nothing. He says to Abraham, he says, have Lazarus come over here. He still had pride. He still felt like he was. But Jesus, come on up, uh, Doris, and praise and worship team. Listen to this. We're going to sing a song, but that was a good message because the, the point is, you must be born again. Understand what, what John is teaching us here. He says this. He says, first of all, he said, you need to be able to see the kingdom in order to enter into the kingdom. Amen? So if you have anything in your life that you need, we're going to ask you to come right now. I'm going to ask you to come. I don't care what it is. It might be healing, salvation, deliverance, or whatever you need. But come on in and praise the Lord. Amen? Praise God.